Hello everybody and welcome to the junk drawer. Hey there, my name is Silas Philbrick, host of the Junk Drawer Podcast. It is episode three. And in this episode, there is a lot that I want to get to. Um, I want to start it off with something a little lighthearted, and then I want to get into something um, a little deeper. And to be honest, uh, I'll give a little disclaimer here at the beginning. I didn't really want to use this podcast as something to get into politics and stuff like that, like really, really deep stuff. Because there are 101 politics podcasts out there and there's all kinds of other stuff already out there. But this is something that um, I've actually run into here. The the issue that I want to get to later on in, in today's episode. Um, it's actually an issue that uh, I, I've run into several times in the last um, couple months. And it's something that I want to touch on. Um, and we'll get into that shortly. Um, but first, I, I want to talk a little bit about something that I, I think everybody can connect with, uh, and that's pets. Um, I think there are very few people in the world that that don't find enjoyment in some kind of animal or pet. And I, I think that's God's design. I mean, God gave us animals to take care of um, way back in the beginning in, in the Garden of Eden. God gave the animals to Adam and Eve to tend to and to take care of. So I think I think that is God's design, and it's it's a good thing. Um, and, and there's different kinds of pet people. Um, I, I personally am a dog guy, um, and uh, I, I have brothers that could care less about dogs but are big cat fans. I, I can't stand cats. They I mainly probably be – well, I shouldn't say I can't stand – well, no, I, I can't stand cats. Um, I, mainly because I am really allergic to them, but also they just irritate the fire out of me. And Uncle Matt, I know I'm taking shots at you here, but um, I know you're a big cat guy. But uh, all I have to say, I, I don't really have anything actually against cats. I'm just not a big cat fan. Um, and I guess that that can qualify for today's thing that I hate in today's episode. Uh, there you go. Things I like, things I hate. I like dogs. I hate cats. There you go. Um, but no, I. Uh, everybody loves. Everybody I know that has any kind of sanity is going to enjoy animals to some degree. Um, you do get your people out there that are just twisted and are cruel that hate animals, and that's just not natural. So I'm not talking about those people. I'm, I'm talking about normal people that all of us have some way that we connect with pets. And, uh, I personally, like I said, I'm a big dog guy. I got a dog now. She's crazy. She's a mini golden retriever. Her name's Stella. I'll talk a little bit about, about her later on. Um, but yeah, so I'm a big, I, I like dogs. Like I said, I've got brothers that are cat fans. Um, uh, one funny cat story that I'll, I'll get out of the way here is, and it actually is, it's really kind of a horrible uh, story when you get down to it. So we had this cat, um, his name was Skitch. And he was just an awesome cat. I, I will say, actually, go, I mean, I guess I'm going to contradict myself here because I like this cat. I wasn't allergic to this cat for some reason. And probably the reason I liked him is he wasn't like most cats. Most cats, the reason why I don't like him is they're just so aloof. Like, you can't teach them really to do anything. It's like they like you on their term. 
and all that they want is to get things from you um and uh they don't they don't have the personality of love that a dog does dogs just love you no matter what unconditional love um and it's funny i'm i'm friends with a co- uh several cops and and they say in when they go to do um resident checks where somebody a welfare check where somebody hasn't been seen for a while and there might be a deceased person they said without fail cats will always eat the owner um for food dogs almost never will i know that's kind of gross and morbid but hey this is the junk drawer podcast we don't leave anything out here um so that's i I just cats to me just have an attitude about them um they act like they're the king and queen of the roost and you're their slave dogs act like you're the master and i'll do anything to serve you so i don't know i'm a big dog fan but yeah we so we had this cat his name was sketch he had big blue eyes and uh one morning my brother tim was leaving for work and the stupid cat it was not an outdoor cat but for some reason it decided to escape that morning and uh, it went under the deck. My brother tried for a while t- to get it out from the deck. And it got to the point where he's like, hey, I got to get to work. Can't do anything about this. The cat, you know, it, it decided to come out here. So it's, it's, you know, here I am. So Tim left to go to work. And then about half an hour later, the cat got absolutely smoked by a car. And uh, the cat died. And, and the reason why this story is funny, and my family might not even actually know this, uh, my wife and her family make fun of us for it. They tease me all the time about it. My mom, I, I do not remember this at all, um, but for some reason, I guess my my wife remembers it very distinctly. Um, we weren't married at the time. Um, she remembers that my mom posted on Facebook that she was making cinnamon rolls for us because we're all mourning over this cat. And uh, I do not remember that. And I guess my dad posted another picture of it and said, my boy's eating their comfort food. Their cat died this morning. I guess all of us were posting pictures and videos of our cat. And uh, yeah, so that's that's an that's kind of a funny story about that, how um, now anytime when my wife makes cinnamon rolls or anybody makes cinnamon rolls, the joke is, yeah, we're eating our comfort food. Um, but yeah, so cats versus dogs. I mean, like I said, my brothers, many of them are cat people. I'm a big dog guy. Uh, growing up, we always had at least one dog. At one point, we had two, but we had this one dog. He was, I believe, I could have been getting this wrong, but I believe he was part husky, part beagle, I, I think. Um, and that dog was awesome. That was a boys in the outdoor protective dog. Um, we lived, I went, I covered this in in um, previous episodes. We When we go out and mess around in the woods on the on the land we lived in, that dog was always with us. And we never, ever had anything bother us. At one point, actually, a bear came into our yard and that dog um, positioned itself in between the bear and my family. And as I guess the story goes, I actually wasn't there. I was inside the house when it happened and like basically kind of chased the the bear off. That dog's name was Murphy. Um, then we had that dog. And then we had this other dog. He was an absolute uh, yeah, idiot. We'll go with that word. He was an absolute idiot. Um, dumber than a box of rocks. He chased cars like a moron. He, uh, he was a mutt. He, I love the dog. I, I only have, to me, I only have mostly good memories of the dog as far as interacting with the dog. But yet looking back at it now, the dog was an absolute moron. He, uh, 
he barked and barked and barked at night until you let him inside. He was supposed to be an outdoor dog, so every night he figured out if he barked, he could come in. He was just a moron. Um, he was um, he had yellow lab in him. He uh, he had one black spot on his back, and uh, his name was Boomer, and he was not a boomer. He was a numbskull. He uh, he <laughs> towards the end of when we had him, at the time we were getting busier and busier and uh, we were really involved in our church. So we were, we were home a lot and the dog associated, we took him, I, I want to say to Maine with us. And my grandpa would have a funny story about him in Maine. Uh, several, actually the dog was a terror. I guess they actually aren't funny stories. They're kind of actually annoying stories. But anyway, um, he, he, but he, that to get to the point that he associated being in a car with being with us. And that if he got in a car, he would be with us. And the dumb dog figured out how to get car doors open. Of course, in the process, he'd scratched the doors and the paint like crazy. But he figured out how to get in cars. So we'd come home, and this numbskull of a dog would be sitting there inside our car. Like, just like looking like a complete dummy. Um, He, he was just a moron. Uh, he, like I said, my grandpa... Philbrick has some would have some interesting stories. We uh, we would come visit in Maine, and we'd have to bring the dog with us just by nature of the way things were sometimes. And uh, my grandpa built a runner, like a run chase line for him, where he has like a pulley and he can run up and down this long line. Well, he decided to tear all of the siding as high up as he could jump off my grandpa's shed. So that that didn't go over so well. So then we thought, okay, well, maybe we'll try putting him, my grandpa has a little cabin out back. We thought, well, maybe we'll put him inside there and he'll just like chill out and sleep or whatever. No, he uh, proceeded to chew his way through the door and I believe the screen or at least rip through the screen. Yeah, he was a, he was a real peach. So he was kind of an, he was a numbskull of a dog. Um, but now, I mean, my mom has a dog, Willow. She is awesome. And then I have a dog, um, Stella. And I, I, they say dogs are like their owner. I don't believe it because I don't believe I'm like my dog. But I guess, I guess people say, um, she's just like me. She's a spaz. Um, she's got poodle in her, and she is hyper. It's like take a chill pill. But I, I wish I had half of her energy. But she, she is awesome. She's obsessed with anything around that rolls. Um, tennis balls, baseballs, basketball, golf balls. She loves golf balls. Um, she, she will like lives to like, I mean, she'll, she's crazy. She's a nut. Um, one thing about her and, and this, this plays into another thing, another rabbit trail will go down. Um, about a year ago, she actually got hit by, uh, just over a year ago, she got hit by a truck and trailer and it broke her back leg. And we ended up having to have, take her down to the vet to have emergency surgery done. And yeah, crazy, crazy experience. Um, then she had to be off of her leg for three months. I think it was 11 weeks. Might've been 12. So we had to like take this dog out with a sling and, uh, take her outside. And, and it was just, it was just a crazy experience. It, and I, that plays into, you know, people make fun of dog owners and just pet people in general. But it, it's like a pet is so innocent and they're so dependent on you. 
you know, she's a year old at the time. And it's one of those things where, you know, you have to make a decision of like, man, what do we do? I mean, she's a year old. She's just a puppy. They can fix her leg. I mean, the price tag isn't very pretty, but this dog is completely dependent on you, even in, in some ways, even more than a child, because a child can come to the point of understanding and can start to take care of themselves because they have that understanding. And, you, and obviously, you have to raise a child in the way he should go. And actually, that's going to play a little bit into what I'm going to get into later. Um, but a dog will never reach that point of actual understanding to know what's going on, to actually be able to take care of itself. And so, you know, when you take a pet, in some ways, there's more responsibility than actually a kid in some ways. Now, obviously, it's not apples to apples, not even close. I'm just making a comparison. Um, obviously, it's not even close to a human life because then you actually are um, tasked with molding the mind of a human that will be productive in society. And again, I'm, I'm kind of segueing into my next topic here a little bit. But all that to say, um, pet people, um, you can knock them all you want, whether it be dog, cat. I mean, everybody's a pet person to some degree. So I guess all that to say, all that to say, enjoy God's creation in animals because there's a beauty there that I believe God intended us to truly enjoy to take care of and I think it's great you know I, I've uh, I've tried to be better at not knocking cat people because uh, they drive me absolutely insane I used to go ditch hunting for cats but now that I'm married to my wife I'm not allowed to do that anymore uh, but anyway that's neither here nor there so um, yeah there's there's the pets topic a little bit um, so I, I want to use that a little bit as a segue into my next topic that is a little more deep in a lot of ways, but I, I think it's an extremely important topic. And actually, I'm going to give it a little shout out here to my uncle's podcast, uh, The Real Game. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a podcast. I believe his tagline is by coaches for coaches, but it, it's a really, really good podcast. I highly recommend listening to it and um, I'm not a coach. It's just, it's a really good podcast, a lot of good life insight into life. And, uh, I'm, I'm the reason I'm bringing this up. I am going somewhere with this, um, is his last episode was on player entitlement. And I want to talk a little bit about just entitlement in general and it's rife in our society today. Um, I listened to daily wire, uh, podcast. I'm a, I am a subscriber to their uh, Daily Wire Plus. They got a lot of awesome resources out there. Again, a little shout out here. But they have a, one of their podcasts. It's called, I think, like the comments section. Um, and it, one of the ones that they do is on Colin Kaepernick. And in the episode, the girl is talking about how this guy, this sports player, who has made millions and millions of dollars you know he he's become very wealthy through football is blasting the NFL he, he uh, if you know anything about sports at all i'm sure you've heard of him because he he's very outspoken against the NFL now and yet he's begging them to let him back in and all this stuff and it's just so much drama but he he rips on his parents um, he was adopted, 
And he, he rips on his parents who lovingly adopted him, raised him, very evidently gave him a very, very good education for him to have gotten to the NFL. And yet he rips on them how they are racist and they hate him. And that's a term that I dis- despise just because of the political connotation of it. And, and I'm not diminishing that there is horrible things that go along with those lines and that are wrong, that are sinful. But but he he's ripping on those that loved him and raised him. And he, he says as, as a byline, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they love me. Or I know that they love me, but... And then he goes into this thing. And I, I'm saying all that to say how entitled. I'm just using him as an example. Obviously, there are hundreds and thousands of examples in our society today of pure entitlement and the wealthy and elite are the ones that have this attitude of entitlement that they were harmed that they are hated and it's all because of self-centered ideology and obviously it's sin but you know our society is just rife with entitlement. Um, I think my generation especially is very entitled. And I want to put this in a very practical, um, very um, relevant, uh, what's the word to look for? Perspective, I guess. Um a way that it can be applied to to us. I mean, I, I know a lot of my my listeners are Christian, so you know, a lot of these things that go on in society aren't necessarily going to apply to us. But I want to put it in a very practical way. Um, we as young people have be grown to be very self centered, very lazy, and we don't appreciate all that our parents did for us. And we're we're very self-centered and entitled. And and where this comes to bear is in raising our own children. And and that's when it's going to come out. And it's going to come out in how we raise the next generation. And there's this term out there that I I didn't know what it was at first. I actually had to do a bunch of research on it. And studies have shown the harm and the danger that it is to kids. And it's this term called passive parenting. And to be honest, I'm going to say this right up front. And if I offend people, I do not care. It is disgusting. It is absolutely despicable and disgusting. And it is the the parenting model of letting a kid do whatever they want, however they want, whenever they want, affirming whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, and no discipline or very lax discipline, very lax structure. And that is dangerous. I, I just, me and my wife just had our first son and I can only imagine like we we're tasked with raising a life, a human life. And I, I think back to the way I was raised. My parents had rules. They had structure in our life. We weren't allowed to just do whatever we want, however we wanted, whenever we wanted. And did I always enjoy that? No. As a rebellious child, you're not going to enjoy that. There are going to be things that you don't 
like that you're going to rebel against. And that's normal. That is life. That is sinful nature, human nature coming out that we all have because of we lived in in this world. And in and that sin nature is going to manifest itself. And, then, and during those growing up years, parents are tasked with helping young people see that and, and discipline them. So that way those things, you know, train up a child in the way he should go is what the Bible says. And in the end, you should not depart from it. Um, You know, things that my parents did, I, I appreciate now. You know, those rules and those structure that I may have chafed and balked against then, now I understand the benefit of them. I understand why they did them. And, and I'm very thankful for them. But but my generation is very angry. They've been wounded. Give me a break. You've been wounded because you had to sit there and, and sit at a table until your peas were gone. And that now you're scarred. And I'm not going to do that to my child. I don't want to yell at my child. Because I want them to remember happy things. Well, I guarantee you, if you raise your kid like that, you ain't going to have a kid that will remember things because he's going to forget about you. He's not going to appreciate you. And he's going to move on in life and have no thankfulness no gratitude to and no respect towards their parents because their parents let them become spoiled, self-centered brats. And, you know, and parents, parents aren't perfect. They are sinful humans just like you and, and parents are going to make mistakes. But that doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't say, oh, your parents are going to make mistakes and in those in those moments, you know, you're okay to rebel against them. No, it says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. No exception. Like that's it. Children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. End of discussion. And the attitude of selfish entitlement that is in my generation of Christians and just in the world. You know, it, it's funny. Christian young people love to look at the world. I, I just brought up Colin Kaepernick. You know, he he's a unsaved person. He doesn't have the light that Christians have. And a lot of times Christians like to look at people like that, people that don't know truth in light of the, you know, in light of the scriptures, in, in, in light of, you know, a godly lifestyle, that biblical worldview and we like to criticize them and say, man, look at that person. Look how messed up they are. But then we turn around in our, in our, in our own world, we have that same attitude. Yes, we're not, we're not living on the scale of where we're recognized by all these people in social media and all this stuff where we're, we're an icon. Yeah, I mean, we're not that. We're not a public figure. But yet we like to get on social media and post things about how horrible our upbringing was and how horrible our parents were. I'm, I'm not going to raise my child like that. I, I, I wouldn't do that to them. And the, the lack of responsibility, the lack of ownership, 
The self-centered life worldview is despicable. And it's so dangerous. Again, I go back to it. I can't imagine, like, I feel the weight of having to raise my son. And I can't imagine just allowing him to be at his own devices, allowing him just to make his own decisions, whatever they may be, and just just affirming whatever he wants to do and and whatever he does. Oh, it's the best thing ever. And I mean, I want to encourage him. I'm not I'm not saying that you need to be harsh. That is not what I'm saying. I, I my parents were loving, caring. They did stuff with us. They affirmed when we did things good. They we're encouraging to us all the time. But when we did something stupid th- because they loved us, they were not ashamed to get you know, in our grill, if you will, and say, you need to knock that off because that is wrong. That is sin. That is going to hurt you. And instead do this because this is good. This is beautiful. This is right. This is what is biblical. Here's why you do this. Because it's good and biblical and right. Um, the Bible says, whom God loveth, he chasteneth. And my parents chastened us because they loved us. And I think that that is so important. And uh, I, I just think that we as Christians in my generation, we have a lot to live up to. We have a lot of responsibility because of the world that we, this present world that we live in. And a lot of what is going to happen is on our shoulders because we're the next generation that will be light and salt in this world. And if we can't even keep our own lives in order, how do we expect to reach a lost and dying world? And I know that's a, that's a little bit of a deeper topic and I probably didn't even hit all of the aspects of it in the way that I would like to but that's just something I it's been uh, eating at me a little bit um and then um several things that have come up in the last little bit have uh made me think of it oh and I I guess I never finished my thought with Uncle Matt I know know I'm going on another tangent here he uh, in his last episode of his podcast he talked about player entitlement and just how that poisons a a team and I guess I'll end with this and that's a really really good life truth um when you think of sports um I guess the saying is that sports is life watered down in one arena that in a lot of ways you can you can you can take sports and you can bring it down to its most practical sense and in a lot of ways it's a testing ground for life. I know for myself it was growing up a lot of selfishness in my life and a lot of rebellion and selfishness in my life would be brought out while playing sports because it, it, it's a really good testing ground. And my uncle Matt in his last episode talked about player entitlement and he it was an Awesome, awesome episode. Fantastic episode. And uh, in it, he talks about how the attitude of entitlement can poison a team and how many times he has to deal with it very 
sharply and nip it in the bud in a very loving way, in a very appropriate way, but it has to be dealt with because it can poison a team. Um, I've played with entitled players, and it is not a fun thing to do. Uh, when you play with an entitled person in sports, when they think that they're everything in the bag of chips and they're not teachable or they're the ball hog or they, they're the know-it-all on the team, a lot of times they, they're good players, but they're not great players. But yet they think that they're everything, and it, and it can poison a team. It causes infighting and then implosions in teams. And and uh, I think that that is true. When you convert that over to life, a entitled person is not user-friendly. I had somebody once tell me, Silas, you are not user-friendly. What's going on? And I had to take inventory for what was going on and realize that I was being very self-centered and arrogant in the situation. And uh, I think it's important that we be user-friendly in the sense that we're loving, we're structured, and we're not, don't have this sense of entitlement. Um. I mean, what's the famous quote in Paul? Uh, I'm trying to think what who said it. Um, but the quote of, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Now it's like, well, what's the government going to give me? And that sense of entitlement is poison. And right now, I feel like from what I see in some different areas, it's poisoning a lot of Christian young people in my generation. And uh, I don't know, thought I'd just rant a little bit about it. I know it's a little deeper of an episode, but um, something I just wanted to talk about a little bit. And uh, yeah, so that's the junk drawer. And uh, I wanted to end this episode with uh, saying, I'm going to link a email address in my, in the podcast notes. And it's uh, a place if you have any ideas or thoughts or comments or any input, um, drop a line, send me an email, and uh, I want feedback. I want input. Um, I'm not doing this podcast to be popular or to be a look at me. and I just want it to be a place where we talk about all kinds of stuff, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want to keep it fun for the most part, but I, I do want to get into some deeper topics like we did today. And uh, as well, along with the fun stuff. And uh, yeah, so hit me up in th- in that email. And uh, I appreciate you listening to my podcast, though. Um, I-, I never anticipated it being what it is today. Um, you know, it's only episode three, but I have, I'm very encouraged with the amount of people that listen to it. And uh, I hope that it's a- an encouragement to you. I-, I really do. I hope it's fun for you to listen to. I hope you're not just listening to it because a friend of yours posted a link or it's because it's me. I hope you actually do enjoy the podcast. And that's why I do want um, feedback, both constructive and, uh, you know, positive and uh, constructive criticism and positive. Um, Don't be nasty. Nobody likes a nasty person. Um, But yeah, give me some feedback. And I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And thank you so much for listening to the Junk Drawer Podcast. 